In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello and welcome to the Layman Confessor Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm your host today. Thank you so much for joining me. We are well into our series on the saints and... uh, saints that I believe that you should know or that you want to know, and hopefully that has proven true. Hopefully you've learned something from this. I know this has challenged me in some really helpful ways. Today, if you're uh, think if you've thought back or, or recently listened to the first episode that I had on the saints, uh, you may be expecting an episode on Saint Dymphna today. However, um, I am I'm going to be skipping over Saint Dymphna and talk about Saint Mark G today instead. The reason for that is um, well, there are several reasons. Uh, the primary one being that Saint Dymphna is the patron saint of depression and other mental illnesses, including anxiety. And this is a huge topic, and uh, it is one that I'm wanting to talk about uh, in more detail, uh, spend a little more time talking about later on in the summer. And so I'm going to be doing a series on Christians and depression. And it's during that series that I'll be talking about St. Dymphna. So hold on for that. And uh, I'm sorry if anyone's disappointed by this. Uh, you, we're going to be talking about St. Martin G today, which is also um, a very important saint and uh, one that I think you'll learn a lot from. And in fact, it may be, uh, he may be more applicable for us than, uh, than St. Dymphna. And so on that note, let's look at the life of St. Mark G. Um, I, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. I've put it there in the episode title for you. I believe, uh, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try. So, um, I'll, yeah, I'm not going to try. <laughs> so, um, as you may guess, St. Mark G is a Chinese saint and he was born in the late 1800s and was a very well-to-do doctor. And he lived in a rural part of the country. He was such a good doctor. Uh, he was very popular. Um, a kind doctor was dedicated to the people that, uh, that he served and he was a devoted Christian. And, um, Often he did his work for free because the rural area that he lived in, a lot of these people just couldn't afford his services, and he wanted to give the best, um, the best medical attention that he could, regardless of whether or not the people could afford it. And this is this was a time before insurance, and so if you couldn't afford something out of pocket, you couldn't afford to do it at all. And uh, Saint Mark G understood that. Um, what he was doing, his vocation, was a part of what God called him to do, right? It's part of loving one's neighbor, and so he dedicated himself to that regardless of the pay that he received in return. Now, this um, this was a time, well, let me not, I'll, I'll spare you that part until uh, a few more minutes. So, he was a very successful doctor. He was... Um, a very popular doctor, very loving doctor, and a devoted Christian. Later in life, uh, about his midlife, uh, he developed a stomach issue. Um, I'm not sure what this was. I've I've read a handful of different um, speculations as to what it was. But uh, Saint Mark G decided. Um, I mean, it was it was so painful that he um, 
wrote himself a prescription, right? You could do that at that time. And he prescribed himself a very common ailment for, uh, for pain. And that prescription was for opium. It wasn't long until he became addicted to opium. He knew that he was addicted to it, and he tried uh, to break free from that addiction. He would go into confession uh, as often as he was able to, at least once a week before the Mass, and he would confess this addiction. He would do whatever was necessary, and, um, and then he would leave, and he would fall right back into opium. And this went on for several weeks, maybe months, before his confessor said to him, listen, you've been coming to me for this for a long time. I don't believe that you really want out of this addiction. It is something you have given yourself over to completely. You cannot participate in the Eucharist until you break free from this addiction. And um, which... Um, may be bad pastoral advice there. Um, certainly, church discipline is an important thing. We'll look at that when we look at the Churchman series. But um, he was not allowed to participate in the Eucharist, uh, that is, the, the Lord's Supper or communion, until he broke free of the addiction. He fought this addiction for years and years, even decades, close to 30 years, if I'm not mistaken. He was unable to receive the sacraments for those 30 years. Um, eventually, he began to pray not only to be released from this addiction, but that he would die a martyr's death because he believed at this point he didn't. there was no other way out of this addiction except through death. Um, a sobering prayer to pray. Then in 1900, the Boxer Rebellion was at its full height. And the rebels began to turn against um, not just foreigners, but also against Christians. He and dozens of other Christians in his uh, village were rounded up. Among those were his son, uh, his daughters-in-law, and six grandchildren. They were imprisoned, and um, they were um, tortured and um, asked to take to, to recant basically to deny Christ none of them did now remember he has been addicted to opium this whole time I imagine while he's imprisoned he didn't have access to it so he is um, going through withdrawals <laughs> at this time uh, and um, finally he and all of the rest of the prisoners were dragged out um, dragged out of the prison and they were going to be executed. St. Mark G. understood, of course, what was going on, and he asked the executioners if he would be, if he could be the last one to be executed. And so, um, and they granted him his request, and as they were being dragged into the area where they would be executed, it said that one of his grandsons looked at him and asked, Grandpa, where are we going? And his answer to his young grandson was, we're going home. As I said a moment ago, St. Mark G. was the last to be executed. The reason he wanted to be the last executed was because he wanted to kneel beside each of these individuals as they were being decapitated 
uh, and pray for them and to encourage them through these final moments. And he did that with every single person until finally uh, it was his own. And um, it said that um, he was singing uh, one of the litanies, I believe it was the litany to the Virgin Mary, uh, when, he was, uh, when he was decapitated. He was, uh, he was eventually canonized as a saint. And what moves me, truly moves me so much about St. Mark Sheet is the fact that the church recognizes this beautiful man as a saint, as a, um, as a member of Christ's body, despite the fact that he was a drug addict. This, I mean, maybe not even in spite of, but because of in this case. Um, I mean, this, is, this was something that, that Christ seemed to be doing a mighty work through in a mysterious way. I mean, I, I've, I've never looked at a drug addict before and, and thought perhaps God will use them, and, and I'm sure it may be the same for you, but he does. And you know, drug addiction, especially to opium and opioids in general, um, may be a bit of a, an extreme example, but we we know that there are all kinds of addictions. St. Mark G lived during a time when there wasn't a whole lot of understanding yet about uh, the science, if you will, of addiction, what's going on in the brain, the chemicals, and so forth. Um, for a while when I was in, in the army, I was prescribed opioids, and um, I ended up having to come off of those, and it was a horrific experience. I wanted to get off of them. I wasn't on them that long. Um, and we were doing everything right in terms of, um, you know, dialing back the dosage. But if you get a chance, maybe you can ask my wife about that first night without, um, without that little bitty dose of Percocet. I have no memory of it, but evidently it was a, a traumatic experience. I just want to look at a couple of, um, a couple of the most common addictions here in the United States, just to, to show you how common addiction is and how gracious Christ is to us in spite of these addictions. I mean, if we look at alcohol, close to 15% of, um, of people 12 years old or older uh, report struggling with alcohol use. Nicotine, uh, it's about 10%, which was surprising, by the way. Uh, being in the Army, we all smoked, but... Um, it's, it's actually less than 10%. It's uh, at about 8.5% right now in the U.S. Again, that's 12 years old uh, and older. Marijuana is, is, uh, continues to be an addiction for people. Uh, that's about 5% of the population. That's a lot bigger than I expected it to be. And, uh, and, and others. That's, those are just drugs, um, stimulants, and, and, and whatnot. The one I want to look at the most is pornography. This is probably the most common addiction in the United States. Um, I've been spending a lot of time researching uh, researching pornography and pornography use and what to do about it here in the United States. I'm grateful to Matt Frad and Ray, Ray Ortland and others who have written some wonderful books from a Christian perspective on this. But just listen to these numbers here. Just Check this out. Every second in the United States, there are almost 29,000 users watching pornography. 
every second in the United States, more than three million or three thousand dollars are being spent on the internet. That's every single second. Um, there are two and a half billion emails sent every day that contain some kind of pornography in them. These are personal emails, by the way. These aren't like subscriptions from porn websites or anything like that. There are sixty-eight million searches. Every day in the United States, 25, um, that's 25% of internet searches. Um, of those 68 million, 116,000 of them are related to child pornography. Um, we could do a whole series on pornography itself, but all of this to say there is, uh, there is probably an addiction a unique addiction for every single person out there, certainly to everyone that's listening to this podcast. And that's why I love the story of St. Mark G. Now, I come from a Reformed tradition, and so I believe in the preservation of the saints and, and that if you belong to Christ, as we read in Ephesians, well, all over really, um, that you belong to Christ. And uh, you are going to struggle with sins, and some of those sins will last longer for you than others. Some may be harder fights than others, uh, but we are Christ's, and thank God that doesn't change. Um, but it is easy for us to look at our own addictions, to look at our own shortcomings, and, and think, what, what in me could Christ love? Right? There is nothing in me worth loving. And if you belong to Christ that is just an absolute lie, and it's straight from Satan, and that's his, that's his whole game, right? Because if we are Christ's, then there is absolutely something in us that our Father loves, and that is the Holy Spirit. That is Christ himself, right? We are in him. He in his, is in us, and um, we have been saved. We will still struggle, and that addiction may be following us for years, decades, our entire life, um, Christ doesn't give up on us because of our shortcomings. In fact, that's why he came, because of our shortcomings, right? So while we were still enemies of God, he came to deliver us. He comes not for the healthy, but for the sick. And I just love the story of Jean-Marc G, excuse me, St. Mark G, and the illustration that can be for us to be able to pray through our addictions, <laughs> be that addiction to opium, pornography, or a carton of ice cream. Christ is faithful, thank God, because I so often am not. And we're given that promise throughout all of the scriptures, and I hope and pray that you are taking the opportunity to read them regularly, as we discussed in a previous series. Because it's there we learn about the unfailing love of Christ. The fact that though the world around us crumbles, though the flower fades, the word of our God, that word of forgiveness and grace endures forever.